My culinary comrades, this episode of House of Carbs brought to us by our friends at Larabar, made with just a handful of real ingredients like unsweetened fruits, whole nuts, spices, and sometimes delicious chocolate chips. Larabar is simple, delicious, and easy to bring wherever life takes you with more than 20 flavor options, all inspired by delicious desserts like cherry pie, chocolate chip, cookie dough, lemon bar, and peanut butter chocolate chip. Larabar is sure to fight off hunger and satisfy your sweet tooth. Larabar is available nationwide at your local grocery store, Target, Walmart, or on Amazon.com. Explore all their fun flavors at Larabar.com to find your favorite Larabar food made from Food. Taste Buds today's episode also brought to us by Vital Farms. Cage-free eggs. It sure sounds nice, but did you know that a cage-free hen only gets about one square foot of space? At Vital Farms, on the other hand, all the hens are pasture raised with at least 108 square feet per hen and outdoor access all year round. Those are some happy and healthy hens. Vital Farms, pasture raised, bullshit free. Look for them in the black carton at the grocery store. Visit vitalfarms.com slash coupon for a special discount. Taste buds, my culinary comrades, you varsity, victual, beloved friends of ours. We're all here convened for another delicious episode of House of Carbs, the food podcast for the hungry people by the hungry people on the Ringer Podcast Network. I am your hungry host, Joe House, my culinary comrades. What a surprise show we have for you today. It was brought to my attention at a breakfast this week in uh, North Carolina that we have not on this show tackled the crucial elemental topic of hot sauce. So I have pulled together two gentlemen that I have a deep uh, an abiding respect for, and both of whom have impeccable palates. David Jacoby from ESPN's Jalen and Jacoby, who has covered hot sauce on that show a number of times. And then, of course, the Ringer's own Donnie Kwok, who was at Complex for the creation of the Sean Evans Hot Ones show. Two experts on the concept of hot sauce. But even though I am calling them experts, this podcast is not intended, my taste buds, to purport to be the dispositive case on hot sauce. No, no, no. This is just a few taste buds, a few hungry homies coming together to talk about our individual experiences with hot sauce from our walks of life. As always, we intend this to be a belly sourcing opportunity. We want to hear from all of you, my taste buds out there, about your own hot sauce experiences. What do you have in your cupboards? What's in your fridge? Let's get in that belly with David Jacoby and start talking some hot sauce. All right, my taste buds. I have been eating with this gentleman for... Over 10 years now, he has been with ESPN for at least that long as a commentator, as a coordinating producer. He was at ESPN's Grantland, where that uh, website was created, and he was uh, creating and producing all of Grantland's audio and video content, including a certain show that was developed in the summer of 2011, it was originally a podcast, then turned into a YouTube show, and then became a national ESPN radio show. Right now, it is 
a mega super duper hit on ESPN2. Of course, I'm talking about Jalen and Jacoby. And of course, on the line right now is none other than David Jacoby. Oh, house. What an intro. God, I feel so much better about myself than I did 40 seconds ago. Dude, I can't believe I've had this food podcast for two and a half years now. And this is your first appearance. But I will say we picked, we picked the right topic to have you on. Yeah, you hear that? You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And I always, you know, I'm a philosophy house. I don't, I can't time travel, you know, like when you, know, when you haven't seen a friend in a long time and you start feeling guilty about it. It's like, you know what? All I have is the moment now. I'm just happy to be here now. That's it's exactly the way I feel. The only reason I expressed any of that, uh, um, you know, uh, slight qualm is because we've probably had 60 meals together all over these great United States. I mean, oh, yeah. you and I, we could do, some epic refeastables about some of the meals that we've had and the places oh, we we've could. gone. Or you can just Google Google House Eats, the most successful <laughs> franchise I've ever created in my twenty years producing television. So that 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 was me bearing the lead. I want I wanted to give you credit. This is the uh, the very original. The first House Eats broadcast was uh, you with a handheld and me and yep. Bill Simmons in a car driving to Las Vegas. And we stopped at Emma Jean's Hollenberger, and we all sat mm-hmm. down and had a, a this this unbelievable meal together that you captured in in uh, uh, in memoriam. I mean, for forever. It's 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 uh, uh, it time exists. forever. It exists, uh, and, and it really got this franchise going. So thank you for that. I believe there's some poblano peppers on the cheeseburgers, if I remember correctly. I, I and I was surprised. To, to see them. But, you know, that's a yeah. nice segue. I needed somebody of your stature, of your credentials to come on. Now, I, t- I explained all the hungry homies in the intro. We're not trying to Good. conquer the hot sauce universe here. This is just no. a couple taste buds getting together to talk about our own experiences. And then we're going to belly source for everybody. Everybody just chime in. If you got a hot sauce experience, you have a hot sauce recommendation, you want House or Jacoby to take on. We're here for it. We are here for it. Var- varsity Victual. I mean, you know, the, the Victual Varsity is out there. They're listening. This is a participatory podcast, though, Jacobs. So uh, I was inspired to I- I- invite you uh, because I recalled as I was thinking about hot, my hot sauce experiences, uh, the, the, the couple segments that you and Jalen have done together uh, under the, the, the cultural or regional segment, um, mm. that I, that mm-hmm. I greatly enjoy. So for, for the taste buds that might not be familiar with, uh, cultural regional as it's, uh, presented on, on the, uh, Jalen Jacoby show, can we, can we, can you give a, a quick explainer of cultural or, or regional? Oh, of course. Um, I'm not sure if everybody knows this Jalen Rose, a black man, David Jacoby, <laughs> a white man. It's not that simple, though. What we do is we explore the gray areas. There are certain things that are cultural and certain things that are regional and certain things we're not sure about. For example, we're on a food podcast, grits. Our grits, it, it doesn't really take an explanation for an example. I ask you, Joe House, are grits cultural or regional? I, I think they're cultural. See, I think regional. Oh, Like wow. in the Northeast, there's no grits experience. But if you go to like, you know, Louisiana, you're going to get grits and you're going to see every, every ethnicity, background, color, shape, and size of people eating them. But that's see, why, I, those are the best questions. The best questions are the ones that you're not sure if they're truly cultural or regional. Yeah. And I, when I think about the omnipresence of cheesy grits now, you know, the democratization of the American palate, cheesy grits, Global, you can globalization fl- in, in, in the globalization general. word, word. Exactly. So. Uh, that's, that's why I get it wrong, but I understand the, the, the point that you're making. I was in North Carolina yesterday. In fact, that was the inspiration for this podcast. I put a bunch of Texas Pete all over Texas Pete hot sauce, all over a beautiful meaty omelet that I was eating. And I happened to be, uh, dining with the homie, Adam Rappaport from Bon Appetit. And he's like, house, what do you, that's a lot of hot sauce. I I said, what do you want me to do? I like hot sauce. So so here, here we are. I mean, this is the inspiration. I was very excited. So in, in your cultural or regional uh, installments, you guys have taken on the hot sauce genre uh, in a couple of different times, times in a couple of different ways, right? 
many times, many different so, ways. Yeah. So let's let's talk about uh, a little bit about some of the territory you've covered because I think it's instructive for all of our culinary comrades out there to sort of hear some of the territory that that you've covered. So let's begin well, with, with. Go ahead. Sometimes you you have a simple question that you don't realize is going to strike a nerve with the thousands of people that listen. You know what I mean? Like you just think you're just talking, just filling up four minutes of airtime in between segments, and you don't really realize that what you're doing is, is is invigorating passion within the audience. And one of those was the question: keeping hot sauce in the fridge, cultural or regional? Now, I don't pretend. I don't pretend to have anyone else's life experiences except for my own to draw from. So it's like, I, I, I'm not an academic when it comes to these things, especially hot sauce. I just have passion for hot sauce. But in my experience, hot sauce has always, always been kept in the refrigerator. It's just where I put it. It's just where it belongs, specifically the door of the refrigerator. Like you are a savage if you put it anywhere but the door of the refrigerator. Little did I know. There is a large slice of the population, dare I say, a majority of the population that does not refrigerate their hot sauce. Joseph huh. House, do you refrigerate your hot sauce? Of course I do. I, 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 I'm from that same walk of life as you. But here's the thing that we know in our experiences, Jacoby, our experiences eating together and our own unique eating experiences across this great nation of ours. When you go into a restaurant, and ask for them to have hot sauce, or there's hot sauce on the table. It is never refrigerated. When I asked for Texas Pete, when oh, yeah. I said, "Can I please have some hot sauce?" and this fine uh, young lady from down there in, in Pinehurst, North Carolina, walked over, she was it was a warm bottle of Texas Pete, and it did not. And they're impact. not refrigerating those things at night either. When they clean up, they're leaving. <laughs> no. They're leaving those tabletops right there. They're leaving them right there. They might pick it up to wipe underneath it, maybe, but they're leaving it right there. So, I mean, it, it begs the question, again, I'm not a hot sauce academic, is hot sauce perishable if it's not refrigerated? I don't know the answer to that. There's, there is an answer, the though. Yeah, I just I feel mean, like... First of all, not knowing the answer doesn't mean I won't answer the question. I mean, that, that's, that's <laughs> part of talking for a living, isn't it? It's like, I don't know the answer, but my guess would be this. I'd say, like, no in the short term, but, like, don't... Oh, don't leave a bottle out for over two years and expect it to still be tasty. I think that's right. I mean, I, the, my answer to that question is the hot sauces in my fridge never last long enough to be in danger of, of perishing. And I, yeah. I have, I have like eight to 12 right now. And in fact, let me, let, let, let let's go ahead and, and go in that direction. How many are in your fridge right the second? Six, probably six, six. Okay, and what yeah. what what kind of uh, flavors are we talking? What 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 territory are we covering with the six in well, your fridge is, right now? I don't, you may know this about me, but I'm I'm sure that you're you know the people that listen to House of Carbs, the greatest podcast on the planet, may not is I am uh, I'm very specific about matching my hot sauce to the different ethnicity or regional origins of my foods. Ah, like, it's, like, like I won't. I won't put sriracha on a burrito and I won't put tapatillo on fried chicken. And I, and, and, you know, I'll put pretty much anything on eggs, you know, and I also, I will not eat eggs without hot sauce. That, that just doesn't happen unless it's I, not available. So I'm right there with you on, on eggs, you know, uh, eggs require hot sauce because eggs always have potatoes alongside them in some fashion or format, hash brown, uh, uh, you know, home fries, whatever you want to call it. Sometimes French fries even. And, and that combination of the starch plus the egg and then whatever is with the eggs, you must have hot sauce. I, I live by that requirement as well, but let's go back. What is the driving animus behind your, uh, uh, very kind of narrow, requirement when it comes to the sauce and the, and the food. What is that all about, my friend? It's a great question. And I can actually get, tell you the origin story of this. It's restaurant experiences. Like, shout to my Chinese girlfriend in college, Susan Lee. Big shout to Susan Lee. She was taking me to this one Vietnamese place where I was first exposed to sriracha, the traditional chicken on the bottle sriracha, in like 1997. Way before sriracha was cool. This is like living in Williamsburg in like 1975. You know, it's like I was early in on sriracha, but that's where it would be. It would be at that restaurant, so I would eat it with that food. 
Likewise, like a tapatio sauce. They don't have tapatio available in other places aside from places where they serve Mexican food. And if you, if you have a true, like, southern culinary experience, they will have some version of Texas Pete, Crystal, Louisiana, you know, of that vein. So for me, it, 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 it's born out of the restaurant experience where I just associate this food with that flavor, and I don't want to not do that when I'm at my own home. That's interesting to me. So I, I, I guess my question is, is, is why? Because uh, I'll have the opportunity on this podcast to, to chop it up a little bit with our mutual uh, love child, Donnie Kwok. Um, oh, yeah. And, and I, I share, you know, I like hot sauce, um, on everything. And for me, I need enough variety of hot sauce available to me. That's why I have eight to 12. So I have some from the, from the cayenne, uh, segment. I have, you know, cayenne based cayenne and vinegar based. I have some Mm -hmm. like that are kind of like, uh, uh, you know, chili pepper, chili paste, that kind of fall into kind of an Asian profile. That's your sriracha, your yep. sambal, olek, your your uh, your Sichuan chi- uh, chili crisp, gojujang. I have Scotch bonnet based stuff yep. that can can fit kind of a a, a Caribbean or you know maybe even like Louisiana exactly. kind of vibe. And then I have a whole Mexican line that's a little bit distinct from the from the cayenne vinegar line, and I will apply as the mood strikes on whatever protein or starch I have rolling. And it all depends on like my physical status. Like how do I feel? What mood am I in? What am I doing after this? Like all of the variables of That's life insane. go into my choice Absolutely of hot insane. sauce. Absolutely me... insane. Like, like to me, that's, I just, I just don't speak that language. Now, again, any, any port in a storm, you know what I mean? Like if you only have one hot sauce available to you, like, by all means, like I, I will break whatever rules I've created in my lifetime because hot sauce is a necessity and any hot sauce is a good hot sauce for the most part. But like my wife is Jamaican and when she makes rice and peas and jerk chicken, that's when I go with the scotch bonnet pepper hot sauce. And if I have an option to do that, I will. And it's and then like there's a huge gap between that and, and my preference for like my number two preference. Huge gap. All right, quick break. My taste buds, hiring used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, confusing review process, but today hiring can be easy and you only have to go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter.com slash carbs. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. They have powerful matching technology. Zip Recruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience, and then it invites them to apply to your job. Zip Recruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on Zip Recruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, House of Carbs listeners can try Zip Recruiter for free at this exclusive web address. ZipRecruiter.com slash carbs. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash C-A-R-B-S. ZipRecruiter.com slash carbs. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Let me ask you this though. What what is what was what's keeping you from from grind, you know, having a nice uh uh you know take a great big pound and a half of of 80 20 ground beef because you want you it has to be 80 20 you need the fat for any kind of ground yep. beef that you want uh for for a burger for for tacos and you're putting that all that together why can't you uh, uh squeeze two squirts of sriracha in there why does it have to be uh off of the mexican flavor profile see see now this went from like a food podcast, like a psychology podcast. Like I feel like I'm getting head shrunk right now because the answer to your question, whatever I say makes no logical sense, Joe House. I mean, an even better question is like, have you even tried that? And the answer is no. Like it's just, it's just like being stubborn, stuck in your ways. This is how I do it. This is how I like it. Even though I've never tried anything else, like basically being a fool, like an idiot, not open to new experiences. That's what we're going to get to if you keep asking questions of that vein. But it's really, <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, really that's not where I want to go, though. No, but I, it's, it's a good question. It's just like I'm basically I'm a not, fool. Like 
you know what? I should probably try that. Another pro tip is sometimes I'll put a little ketchup in there too with the hot sauce while I'm making the tacos with the taco mix. But, right. That, that's fine. Like, but yeah. But like, uh, the, the, ask the question, why not? It's really because I'm just so stuck in my ways. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to try in the future and report back to you, Joe House, via text message. Yeah, well, sure. I mean, uh, and I can text message you. Like when you're eating um, a protein that's been prepared simply let's let's talk about steak mm. do you like sauce mm. with steak do you like to put uh are, are you um somebody that will do a, a sauce with a steak oh well let me i do not do a hot sauce with a steak not that i've not tried it but i prefer and again i think this is what we're getting to here as you break down me in a freudian style it's really <laughs> just about like life experiences because in my home there was a bottle of a1 if not two in the same refrigerator door compartment. So when steak was served, there was A1 on the table. Now, I'm going to say something that's going to just infuriate 99% of the people listening to this podcast is, if I had my druthers, when I was at the nicest steakhouse in the land, I would have a pool of A1 next to that steak, no matter <laughs> whatever cut it is, no matter how aged it is, no matter what. Like, I would if I had my druthers. But if you ask if I'm a sauce-on-steak person, I will go to a nice place and I'll always order some sort of accompanying sauce, not to be drizzled all over the beautiful cut of beef, but I'll have a couple bites of it plain, but I always like to dip in a little peppercorn or have a little mushroom. When I get to that like seventh, eighth, ninth bite, and I'm just kind of looking for a little switch up, like, you know, everyone needs two pitches. We're not all Mariano Rivera. You know what I mean? So I like, I like to, to mix it up a little Greg Maddox style with my bite I couldn't, of steak. I, I couldn't agree with you more. You're absolutely right. Having established that, why why do you think you wouldn't uh t- you wouldn't accept something that had a little bit of heat to it? What if it a was an a one like with like a, a vinegar or black pe- black pepper kind of you know addition? You can elevate it. Now I I you you don't you're not a guy that likes to have his head blown off. You you don't you don't try and you know jump on the four times the ghost pepper uh, angle. That's not not your gig. But sometimes, go ahead. I would love a little heat, but I mean, I'm glad you brought this up because I thought it might come up is I don't, I, I'm not like a, like a, a, a culinary sadomasochist. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I do not enjoy pain. I, I do not, I don't want to hurt while I eat. And that's like when, when someone asks for wings and there's like, you know, like mild, medium, hot, inferno. And like, don't you dare try this. Like I have no interest in the, don't you dare try this experience. Like just none whatsoever. But to your to your point is in my steak eating experiences there's actually one bartender at the Palm in downtown LA there's this like there's this recipe that's been passed down where if you ask for A1 which I you know may have done once they mix their <laughs> own yeah and he it's this mix and they do it right in front of you and I don't remember the ingredients but they do it right in front of you and it definitely has a kick there's definitely like some chili oil or it's not true hot sauce, but like some chili pepper, some chili flake. There is some kick in it. I remember even liking that more than A1 sauce. There we go. Like Which a slight, involved. yeah, a slight sharpness to, to, cause you know, um, yeah. steak, depending on the cut of meat, you can, it can be like rich, like almost overwhelmingly rich. So, so a, like a slightly acrid kind of bite, um, to go along with, it comes from the sauce to go along, cuts the richness, richness a little bit. It lets you you polish the whole thing off. I mean, in my experience, now I'm I'm all, I'm also I should have I, I should have never ever ever done this podcast hungry. Like, huge <laughs> mistake by me. I'm starving. I'm absolutely starving right now. But like one thing I do want to bring up about why I don't truly hot sauce steaks, and I'm talking about like at a restaurant, at like a steakhouse. Yeah, is the the wine pairing is important to me. You know, like even if I have like a cocktail before the the steak gets there, I absolute must is having a wine with the steak. And one of the moves I like to do is either drink the wine immediately after swallowing the steak or chew the steak a little bit, then sip some wine and mix the two in my mouth as I chew. So, and then I I bring that up to, to, to bring a full circle to hot sauce because hot sauce goes with most things, not with wine, not with wine. Great point. Great point. And so you, you essentially in a way, are saucing your steak, it just happens to be with with the wine that you've chosen. I yes, mean, that's yes, not exactly. That, 
That's not crazy talk. I mean, that that have you, the, ever you know, tried to bite the steak and then mid chew sip some wine? Is that is that of, you, like of, I know I of do course. this. I've, of course. Okay. I, I thought maybe I was yeah. alone in this. I'm, I've learned I'm alone in a lot of things recently. <laughs> I don't think you're alone in this one. Uh, and, you no. know, a lot of the, the if you go to a steakhouse that offers sauces, two or three of them are kind of have, have of a course. wine you know element to them. So red wine and yes, steak, they much. obviously go together. I mean, duh. Um, and also, so th- like, I'm not against ordering more than one. Like, because I, I, they come on the side. So like you take right. the whole variety, and and I'll probably use twenty percent of what you bring me. Sorry, Earth, but uh, I like to have, like I said, like I, I'm I'm very much Greg Maddox with my bites. I want to switch it up and experience new things. I I agree, and 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 in that uh, vein, I'm going to help you experience new things when I text you some of the ways that you can take hot sauce and apply it to foods that are not in the in the lane that they uh, originated in. The six sauces in oh. your fridge right right now. What are they? Let's. Okay. I just want to hear what what you got. Oh wow, you really put me on the spot. I mean, first of all, we have we go crystal. Yeah, yeah, like crystal. down the middle one. Yep. And of course, we've got sriracha. Nice tapatillo. Yes. Like a, it's like a chili paste. You know what I mean? It's, it's like it's like that oily Thai yep. style. Yes. Chili paste yes. vibe. Could um, be sambal olek. Six. I'm not going to be six, but like. The fifth and final that I that can come up with off the top of my head is my favorite hot sauce in the world that, again, is from my childhood. My dad and my brother and I used to walk to this place called Jake and Earl's Barbecue, get pulled pork sandwiches in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Oh. And there's this one hot sauce they make in Cambridge, Massachusetts that is my hands down my favorite hot sauce in the world. And it is called Inner Beauty Hot Sauce. It is oh. a scotch, scotch bonnet pepper based hot sauce. It's it's my go-to kind of like Caribbean hot sauce, but for some reason paired with this particular pulled pork sandwich, it was fantastic. And they discontinued it, but you can order it online. So like once a year, I'll get like this weird package and it'll be my dad sending me a bottle of Inner Beauty to re-up with. I am familiar with this. It's Todd's Inner Beauty now. Yeah. They are they, yeah. they're making it out of out of Bangor, Maine. Uh Todd's salsa. Uh, you know, resurrected the the inner beauty, and I've never had it. But listen to the to the to the to the recipe here. You've got mustard, molasses, Chardonnay wine, honey, habanero peppers, and a whole slew of tropical fruit juices with your pulled pork, J- Jacoby. I mean, what what you're talking about there is. Two different walks of life coming together. Oh, Don't yeah. sell yourself short, my homie. This is a a, a beautiful, I'll, uh, I'll unexpected connection you've I'll, made. You have. I'll cross pollinate. I, I will. I, I will. I'm a living hypocrisy. I set my rules and occasionally I break them, and I, I cross pollinate with this particular dish. But like, I will also uh, hot bold hot sauce take I have is uh, when I get barbecue, I like a little barbecue sauce, but even more hot sauce, whether it's a, a brisket or pulled chicken or pulled pork, like, it, like you can douse all the barbecue sauce you want in the world on that, but it's just, it becomes sort of like it's a little too sweet for my taste. Now, of course there's different types of barbecue sauce that I understand, but I prefer more kick on top of barbecue than like brown sugary, like vinegary flavor. Does that make sense? Of course, the, you, you again, you haven't given yourself credit for how creative you're willing to be, how adventurous you're willing to be elevating, you know, the, the, the fatty protein of barbecue with something that has a heat element and a sharpness to it and all that. That's food forward thinking, Jacoby. Give yourself some and credit. I'm not, but I'm not talking about that they, have, that they have like the kind of like darker red bottle on the table. And then like the yeah. red one and the red one's supposed to be hot. Like, I don't, that's not enough kick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you need to, you need to get your Beyonce on it and pull the hot sauce out of the purse and, and add to that because I find, and again, I've got a pretty, I don't like to feel pain when I eat, but I've got a pretty high spice tolerance in my palate, which is, you know, just a God given talent. I so it, Thank, if, thank if, you. If, if you are rolling the Beyonce style, what are you pulling out of your, your backpack? What's coming out of the Jacoby backpack? Uh, I mean, I, inner beauty bottles are too big, but you yeah. know, if they're, they're breakable, but I would probably use Crystal or Frank's. Oh, 
So a cayenne based. I like that. Yeah. yeah well, that makes yep. sense, right? Because of the vinegar. We all know that yeah. the that that the role of vinegar uh, plays with, especially with the Carolina barbecue style. So that can apply mm-hmm. all the way across the board. Um, I have one last question for you. I know you got to go. Great. Uh, Great. In 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 your time in this like current iteration, you you move from Los Angeles back to New York. Being back, is it two years now? Has it been a full two years? Uh, you're 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 in change. We'll call it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. On, on your East Coast, your new New York ESPN family, other than Jalen, because I don't, I don't want to permit this that him to be the answer. Who's your favorite person to eat with at ESPN? Oh wow, my favorite person to eat with at ESPN. Because I know oh, it would be me if I was there, but yeah, but I'm not there. You. It, I mean, obviously, we're gonna go second favorite person to eat with because Jalen Rose is number one and I've got the right. answer. It's so obvious. It's so obvious to me. It's so obvious to me. Not only is this my favorite, second favorite man to eat with my second favorite man to talk to my second favorite man to walk in the office and just lock eyes with, he fills me with so much joy. And if you could buy stock in the future of human beings, career in sports media, I would own all of the Marcus Spears stock. There's you know how Marcus happy Spears that makes me. I love both of them, but I'm talking about Baton Rouge's own LSU Tiger, Dallas Cowboy, down tackle, media star on the rise, the best hang in the world, Marcus Spears. There's also something about having like a 300-pound friend that just makes greetings so good. You know what I mean? Because I'm big. I'm six foot three, and he's yeah. bigger. I can jump on his back while he's faced the other way, and he'll support me. You know, and I don't, I don't, I don't get that delight too often with friends in my life. And I just, tell you, like, yeah, I'm sure you've seen him on TV. You've seen him on get up and first take, but like he, whatever, whatever you see, whatever glimpse of joy and personality and charisma you see on the screen, it's tenfold off the screen. And he is just a delight. And you'll never believe this. My man can put it down to the table. I don't know if you believe that or not, <laughs> but he, he, can, he, can, he can eat a little bit. He can eat a little bit. He might order order a couple omelets in the morning. I'm so happy to hear this. It is uh, a rarity in this day and age where, you know, you develop a relationship with a television personality and and there are all these attributes that that you kind of... uh, uh, Ascribe to them in your own mind. I totally understand. That's right. And and, and then to, to have you validate it in this manner. So... I'm coming up, the three of us, me, you, and oh. and and my my first take hero, uh, Marcus Spears. Did I say it right? Is it first take or get up? Which one is yeah. he on? He's yeah, on, he's on both. He's on both. He's, he's on, on all of them. Now. He, can't, he can't be on Jalen and Jacoby anymore. He's graduated. <laughs> he's graduated. I mean, uh, he, he's, he's an OG, though. Where, where are yeah. the three of us going to eat? Where are the three of us going to eat? Is there a commissary oh, at ESPN wow. we eat at, or we, do we go off campus? Oh, well, here's the thing is there is not. There's nary, nary a vending machine. I think they're trying to keep us skinny for television. I don't, I don't know what this is. Like, there's literally not even a vending machine. But in our area, there's a Jean-Georges restaurant in the same oh. building, a Jean-Georges restaurant. There's a, a, a Malibu farm. And there's also Bar Wyo, I want to call it, which is none other than friend of the podcast, David Chang's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chang's place is right there. That's where you're at. That's yeah. right. It is Hudson right Yards? There. That would be the most convenient place. I'm not saying these are the best restaurants in New York City. I'm saying these are the best restaurants. They're literally within 30 yards of where my studio is. All right. So that that's where we're doing. I'm coming up this fall. We're going out, the three of us. We're going to sit down. And uh, uh, I, I, I might. The only reason I don't like this idea is because like, I'm afraid that you and Marcus Beers would be better friends than me and Marcus Beers. You know those friends? Like, he's <laughs> just so delightful. He's so I, delightful. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm down here in the in the DMV, so you you guys will yeah, I won't point. get in the way of your relationship. But I will tell you one thing that's going to be in my backpack: Todd's inner beauty. Yeah, it is. Yeah, just it for is. you, Jacoby. Oh, just for you, my man. Beauty. There yeah, we I go. Could, I could not I could not recommend Todd's inner beauty any higher. It's so delicious. David Jacoby, you could see him every day of the week on Jalen Jacoby on ESPN two in the afternoon. They repeat it at night. That's when I catch it. Thank you for coming on today, my hungriest homie. Uh, one quick thing. Please. I love I love you, Joe House. I love you too, uh, David Jacoby. I love you too, nephew Kyle. Thanks, buddy. 
All right, my thanks to the homie Jacoby. Right on point with the hottest takes on the hot sauce. We're going to jump over to the man, the myth, the legend, Donnie Kwok. But first, a quick word from our friends at Everlane. Would you buy a t-shirt for 50 bucks if you knew it only costs $7 to make? I wouldn't. With Everlane, you never overpay for quality clothes. Everlane only makes premium essentials using the finest materials without traditional markups. They want you to know what you're paying for and why. So they are radically transparent about their real costs and every step in their process from the materials they use to the ethical factories they work with, not to mention essentials like their cotton crew t-shirt they're exactly what they should be versatile simple stylish and made from quality materials everlane's clothes look better cost less and last longer i have on my body right this second the everlane v-neck t-shirt underneath of a nice zipper pull-up because it's cold outside and i didn't know today was everlane day but it is on my body I have on a pair of, of the jeans I can get away with, at, even at my advanced age. They're, they're a terrific cut, very flattering. Right now, you can check out our personalized collection at everlane.com slash carbs. And you're going to get free shipping on your first order. That's everlane.com slash carbs. Everlane.com slash carbs. Mixed Varsity, quick word from Aria Resort and Casino. I've been there. Not that you needed an excuse to visit Vegas, my hungry homies, but Aria Resort and Casino has everything from corner views in every room and award-winning dining to poolside pampering and five-star spa treatments. Aria embodies distinction from technology-advanced rooms to signature moments in the Aria Sky Suites and Aria Tower Suites. The Forbes Travel Guide's five-star rated Aria Sky Suites unrivaled hotel experience offering a level of service and personalization unlike anything in Las Vegas. The city's entertainment is not limited to the stages, casinos, or pools because Aria brings the show to your table through their collection of chefs tours and unique dining concepts. For example, visit the Jean-Georges Steakhouse for specialty items like Kobe A5 and tableside smoked Wagyu brisket, or take in the sights at Bardo Brasserie, including Beef Wellington. Carbone Captains guide you through dinner with Italian-American masterpieces like the Dover Piccata at Julian Serrano Tapas, Share authentic plates among friends, including the Pata Negra. And the newest addition at Aria, Catch, brings epic rendition of Asian-influenced sushi, seafood, and steak. All the excitement is located at the center of the Las Vegas Strip, only at Aria Resort and Casino. Visit aria.com to see how they Vegas. All right, let's bring in Donnie Kwok. All right, my... Hungry Homies, my victual varsity. You know, this is a topic that's very important. So we had to uh, pull up a couple gentlemen with impeccable uh, uh, palettes, with a, with a wonderful uh, and, and storied career in, in eating. But these are regular dudes when it comes to the eating. We didn't go professional on, on this topic. My guest right now is the East Coast Bureau Chief of the ringer.com host of the ringer fc podcast a native of the dmv and you know we're going to get to that but for the purposes of today's sacred topic this man was at complex when the hot one show the uh legendary sean evans show where he sits down with folks and asks some hot questions and even hotter wings Donnie Kwok, what's happening, my man? Mr. House, what's going on? It's been a long time coming, but the moment is ripe. I I have to ask you, before we start talking about some hot sauce here, 
yeah. about your your emotions. I wondered if you had conflicting feelings as a as a native of the DMV as you watched the Nationals beat the St. Louis Cardinals and beat them soundly when your mm-hmm. cousin was mm. playing a very prominent part in the in the uh, fortunes of the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah, shout out Tommy Edmond. He is my cousin. And sadly, he actually made the final out in games three and four uh, to complete the sweep. So I did go to game three with my dad. It was my dad's birthday. It was actually my first time in Nationals Park. Great place to watch a ball game. Joe, I mean, I didn't grow up with the Nets. I mean, obviously, they've only been around for right. like 14 years. So I was an Orioles yeah, fan right. growing up. I didn't, Me too. Re- I, haven't re- I didn't really adopt the Nets, I can't say. I mean, it's a little fair weather now because I'm obviously rooting for them now. Uh, I was rooting for the Cardinals, you know, full disclosure, but it was hard not to get kind of swept up in the emotion being live at the game. Uh, the fans were so into it. I mean, it was really, it, it did give me a lot of memories of the 2018 Capitals Cup run in that yes. the, the team has kind of suffered for a long time. The fans have suffered a lot. They've been through it. They've been through the soul crushing losses and it feels like it's just desserts now and, and that they should revel in, in, you know, making it this far. Yeah, so I have a similar background to you. I I uh, born and raised here in the DMV, and the Orioles were my team. And my yeah, dad Cal, was an Cal av- Ripken. That's it. I mean, he, my dad was an avid baseball guy, so he was taking us up to Old Memorial Stadium when yep. I was a real real young kid. And then uh, Camden Yards came along, and I even as a youngster um, bought with my own money after college my hard earned uh, uh, lifeguard money. I joined up on season tickets for the Orioles because you could just drive up 95. It wasn't terrible. You know, you could be up there in Baltimore in about 35 minutes or so from the spot in in the the DMV that I was residing at that moment. Um, but, you know, uh, Peter Angelos ruined baseball for me. <laughs> in, so in 1997, after Davey uh, Johnson won manager of the year and they Peter Angelos just decided <laughs> that that was the right time to fire him, I said that was – well, Hey, you fired Davey, you fired me, my brother. I'm out. <laughs> so I didn't I didn't have a baseball team until the Nats arrived here in DC in 2005 and I went to the very first game and had some tickets at the beginning there too. But you were you had already left the DMV by then, right? Yeah, I was in New York. So, you know, I, I kind of followed from afar, but I mean, to be honest with you, I, I wasn't following like game by game and not even their I playoff know. runs in recent years. I know who the guys are, but it's not yeah. like you were day, day one. So, it must have been really gratifying for you then well because i loved baseball i grew up loving baseball and i had to uh you know avoid the sabotage that that uh peter angelos did to the orioles way the orioles franchise i couldn't take it any longer so yeah, i, I mean, just basically without baseball he's a he's baseball dan snyder essentially he is it's an incredible thing to be here in this area around my age and have two of the historically worst owners. You know, if you go top, top 10 worst owners, there are a couple of these nut jobs in hockey. I don't understand how hockey keeps getting these weirdos, uh, these thieves, (laughs) these crooks, but uh, we'll set that aside. But like, if you go top 10, the last 50 years, worst owners, Angelos and Snyder are in that on that list, Donnie, right? Totally. Totally. So where were you at the final out for game four yesterday? On my couch, I was, I was, I just got back from, uh, I was down in, in North Carolina doing a little golf jaunt as is my way. Mm. Uh, and, and, you know, I had to uh, have a little, uh, taste of something to help me calm down. And the first, the first inning was so delightful. I thought, oh, this is going to be good. I'm going to have a nice quiet night's sleep. I'll, I'll be able to ease into my slumber, my restful slumber, but we, we no, no such luck. I mean, the Cardinals really amped up the uh, anxiety level for Nats fans. God bless them. They came back strong, and I thought, oh, God, here we go again. So did you get a little uh, tight at 7-4? Oh, my gosh. When, I got they, more, more, than, <laughs> more than a little tight. You know, the thing that I didn't like was the expression on on uh, my man Daniel Hudson's face. He, it was because <laughs> he kept... He kept doing these heavy sighs and stuff. It just, I mean, it did not instill a lot of confidence, but God bless him. He got the job done. Doolittle got the job done, and the Nats are going to the World Series. It's a, it's a beautiful yeah, I mean, world. They're a likable team, for sure, from, like, all around their lineup. I mean, are, do, you, do you think you're going to make it to Nats Park for the Fall Classic or what? Oh, God, are you kidding me? I'm, I'm house from D.C., <laughs> you can't be house from dc and not go to the world series yeah, let's be honest course. you kind of want the yanks right nationals yankees well, that would be kind of you, you know that does tap back into um that old hatred as an orioles fan 
once you right. hate the Yankees, you hate them forever. So I still uh, have that loathing. It's not as intense as it used to be, but I, 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 I'll accept either one. We're in the World right. Series. That's good enough for me. I, I, I'm happy with, with whatever team comes out of the American League. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. So uh, let, let, let's get on the topic of, of the day, which is hot sauces. And I've, I've sort of set it up here. This is not uh, the, intended to be the definitive podcast on hot sauce in 2019. This isn't even a state of the union, state of the hot sauce union in 2019. This is just a few hungry homies getting together <laughs> to talk about their own uh, hot sauce experience. And really, as is our way, Donnie, you know, we like to belly source. We want this to be a launch point. Like, I, you know, it's impossible to canvas the entire hot, hot sauce universe in just an hour-long podcast, you know, a couple conversations. It's it's you and, and, and David Jacoby, you know, a couple guys that are that have uh, been known to experiment, experiment across the way, across the entire hot sauce universe. But we're not going to cover the whole universe. Uh, <laughs> I just want to uh, talk on your individual experience. What's in your fridge? I'll talk about what's in my fridge. And we just mm. want to have a starting point here. This is a beginning conversation, not not an end. So let's yeah. begin with that. Well, let's begin with that. What is in the quack fridge right now when it comes to the hot sauce universe? Hmm. So I definitely have. Well, here's a question maybe behind your question is like, do you refrigerate your hot sauces? Because well, so this you, is. I mean, like sriracha, for example, when you go to restaurants, is just sitting there on the table, like at a Vietnamese spot or whatever. They don't pull it out of the fridge to give it to you. Some people do, some people don't. I keep my sriracha in the refrigerator. I like the starting point. I personally will have, uh, I have a staging ground for all my sauces. As soon as I open the sauce, the sauce goes in the fridge. But I right. have a whole, I have a standby collection in the pantry, and then as soon as I crack the seal, it goes in the fridge, and it may stay in the fridge. For a while, I mean, the the size, the bottle of Frank's that I have in the refrigerator is nearly uh, uh, fourteen inches tall, so it occupies its own, uh, you know, quadrant in 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 the fridge. But like once it's open, it's open, and it'll be in there until I'm, I've used it up. Yeah. All right. Well, so back to your question. I have sriracha, I have Tabasco, so those are like two classic standbys. I have a tapatio, I guess, a Mexican yes. hot yes. sauce as well. Absolutely, right. And I happen to have two additional uh, entries in the collection that were gifts recently of people that traveled. So someone had gone to Turks and Caicos, which is in the Caribbean, and they brought back mm. some kind of scotch bonnet sauce. And then also yeah. someone had gone to Mexico City and brought some, I don't know the name of the sauce, it has a black label. Uh, people tend to bring back hot sauces when they travel to places like this to give as souvenir gifts. And so, yeah, that's about it. it it's a great gift. So the Valentina, it, it could be Valentina. The black label could be the Valentina Extra Hot because Valentina Salsa Picante has uh, the regular sort of heat is a yellow label and the Extra Hot is the black label. And I, I have the uh, the black label in my fridge. So if you, you're talking about a Mexican uh, hot sauce that has a black label, that'd be my first guess, the Valentina. Mm. Mm. Maybe Maybe that's what you got. Well, let, let so, me uh, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say what you have. What, what's your collection looking like? The inventory. I, I mean, right now, I only have uh, eight in the fridge. Uh, and there are three in the uh, in the standby cupboard. No, there's four in the standby cupboard. I forgot. I got to give a shout out to Mike's Hot Honey because uh, that, that counts um, on this list. So, so my fridge right now, El Yucateco uh, Chili Habanero. By the way, uh, I'm going to say this many times. Please don't at me about the pronunciation. I am terrible <laughs> at pronunciation. It's been established beyond a reasonable doubt. El Yucateco Chili Habanero. So I have the red one. There's a red one and a green one of the El Yucateco. Right now I've got the red one. I've got Frank's in there, which is, you know, the OG. That's the the uh, secret sauce, allegedly, that was behind the original Buffalo Wings recipe. I've got Texas Pete in there, which is, uh, interestingly... Uh, made in North Carolina, and that's the segue here. I was in North Carolina yesterday having breakfast. I asked for some hot sauce with my my giant uh, meat omelet, and <laughs> what they brought out was was Texas Pete's. I've got Cholula in there. I do have a Valentina, the Black Label. Um, I have a Pica Peppa, which is you know kind of your your jerk, your Caribbean jerk kind of thing. It's pretty mild. 
And then I have um, the OG Hoi Fong. If I, I'm sorry if I'm saying it wrong, Sriracha in there right now. Right. All the classics. It's funny you mentioned all the classics. You, you mentioned eggs because I was pondering this when I was preparing to come on 10 minutes ago <laughs> when I found out I was coming on. I think, yeah. like, what I was asking myself, what food is most essential to have hot sauce ready for? And the number one answer in my head was eggs. I'm glad that you were thinking about this because I want to explore this space with you. Yeah. I think in this day and age, this modern era, that hot sauce can really go with a much broader array of foods than I think folks, this is maybe this is a development of like the last 15 years, the democratization of the American palate, which mm. has led curious, hungry homies to go explore the depths of, of hot saucedom all across the world. And there is a whole, you know, there are aspects of this, like we haven't even touched, we, we talked about sriracha, but I'm, I'm sorry for botching the name, sambal oolek, uh, yep. which is the Indonesian chili paste. I have ketchup, uh, ketchup-y. Yep. The gochujang. I mean, yeah. did I say Korean. it right? Gochujang? Yeah. Yes. Gochujang. Yeah. Gochujang. Yeah. Gochujang. Yeah. Beautiful. And then, and then I have, um, and this is a shout out to Jenny Gao. Uh, fly by Jing. Um, she sent me an unbelievable Sichuan chili crisp, mm. which is um, you know from the Chengdu province. This uh, it's a it's a very like surprising heat, it, but it has a texture, a crunchiness. You know, there's sort of the chili oil, and there's some mm. texture to it. And then right on the back end of it, there's a little heat. Um, but but for all of these things, you know, we we're talking about sauces that that might belong to a certain food pathway like your scotch bonnet kind of variety um, might belong to like caribbean or kind of the, the louisiana influences your vinegar based um you know your, your cayenne based is can sort of emanate from like a, what i would call like a barbecue kind of concept mm -hmm. these these um these chili paste kind of oriented things you know the 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 bright uh, chili flavors sriracha sambal olic, uh the the gojujan those all have sort of an Asian tradition, but but the thing is, like now, nobody feels like they have to stick in a particular food lane with with these beautiful sauces. Do you agree with this? Yeah, I mean, it's like people are getting kind of experimental with things, and spiciness now is is you know, like people have kind of evolved. Their palates have evolved, as you mentioned, and it's funny because I like, growing up, it was really just like I mean, I'm Korean or from a Korean household, so. Uh, I grew up eating. That, that's the thing about Korean food, too, actually. It's like, it's not really like a hot sauce cuisine. It's like uh, gochujang, which you mentioned is hot pepper paste. It's it's like inherently in the food. It's it's like used in the recipe rather than as like a side extra hot, uh, you know, amplifier. Yeah, it's um, not a it's not a table condiment. It is exactly. It's, it, it's an, it provides an umami impact, right? It's a flavor. Yeah. It's a it's a flavor builder. Yeah, it's it's in, inherently inside the food. So like kimchi, uh, you know, like other other types of Korean foods, it's like or stews and stuff. It's like part of the recipe. Um, but you know, I'm curious for you, Joe. Like, are you more of a flavor or heat guy, or in right in the middle? I'm I'm right in the middle because I like. Um, I think about sauces based on the food. Uh, you know, it, it, it's a it's a combination of um, texture of the food that I'm about to eat, plus um, how I'm physically feeling. You know, this is why I have to have like eight available, eight to 12 kind of available at any, any given point in time, because like sometimes like I had a beautiful grilled pork loin and that grilled pork loin. I did it simply. It was salt and pepper. But then. I elevated it with the Sichuan uh, chili crisp because I wanted, uh, you know, some some uh, like a little bit of a garlic flavor, some of the chili oil, um, and it, 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 it and I wanted some heat. Uh, but but sometimes, you know, if I'm like in a rice and beans kind of mood, there's rice and beans that's accompanying a protein. That rice and beans needs a a, a real kick in the ass. I want the uh, um, the uh, El Yucateco uh, green chili stuff because that there's like a uh, kind of acidic element to it and it's really hot, but the rice and beans help 
sort of tame it so I can mix up the like the right quantity of it um, with a protein, you know, like a like a like a chicken or, you know, some some kind of beef, different proteins with different kind of sauces, because sometimes the texture like I love the way sriracha comes out of the bottle. It with the you know with when it's kind of squirtable out of the tiny spout like that and the consistency of it. If you take that and mix it with ground beef, like you know, um, just just you just crumbled it right, and then the it, it can really coat the beef, and then you drop that inside of a taco shell. That's a goddamn great bite of food, Donnie Kwok. You, you agree <laughs> I love with the me? way you're. Di- I love the way you're walking through this. It's almost it's almost exactly like wine pairings. You know, it's like you're kind of thinking about. <laughs> what's going to amplify or what's going to bring out certain textures and flavors and like what will go well together with it. So, I mean, and you, like you said, with hot sauce now, you can run the spectrum. So you can literally cater your hot sauce, hot sauce, hot sauce choice to whatever food you're eating. Yeah. And, and I think that's the, uh, the moment that we have, like, this is why I wanted to be careful. I didn't want to act like, uh, we own hot sauce corner over here and I want all of the taste buds out there to give us some suggestions. I keep seeing, uh, some, some, uh, in, in, on listen stuff, secret, uh, aardvark, like it's an infinite universe, a uh, slap your mama Bushwick <laughs> kitchen. Like there's all Dave's gourmet ghost pepper. Like there's a, all, there's a whole array out there that you, you can't like, uh, possibly try and conquer all of them. Yeah. You know, like uh, how do you, you know what rank? it is? <laughs> it's like we are living in the age of hot sauce right now. It, it, incidentally, I saw that El Yucateco, the green one that you mentioned, there was like a ranking of top 10 hot sauces. I think Thrillist did, and they had that at number one, the green habanero, which I actually am not familiar with. Amazing. Oh, it, it's very available. It's got a lot of heat to it. I don't know what the Scoville rating is. It's in the thousands, though. Uh, Jesus. I mean, it, it won't blow your head off. I, I, I will tell you. It doesn't, because I'm like at a stage of life where, uh, I, I can, I can handle heat. I appreciate heat. I seek out heat because, you know, <laughs> at, at, at my advanced age, the heat acts as an anti-inflammatory. It helps clear up the pipes. I'm but not going like, to talk. Do you like physically being in pain after eating uh, something spicy? A little pain. I right. mean, hurts, you know, and so that, that's kind of like all walks of life like that. I think about it that way when I'm on the golf course. I think about it that way when I'm in the bedroom. A little pain. You know what I'm saying, Donnie? <laughs> A little. So here's an analogy, and I'm not trying to incriminate myself or anything, but for weed, for example, right? All the hot sauces you're naming, Kyle, maybe you can chime in. It's like strains of different weed, right? This is like, you know, back in the day, it's just weed. And then now it's like there's a million different names, a million different strands, a million different THC quotients. For me personally, like, I don't really get into the Scoville or like all of these newfangled brands. It's just like I want to get high. I just want to have a hot sauce. That's fair. And I don't, yeah, like I don't really need to know the Scoville rating or that it's going to, you know, make me sweat or turn red or I need to drink a glass of milk. Like it's, it, it's really just the flavor for me. Word. Yeah. So that, and that's the beautiful thing. There are tons and tons of sauces out there that are just the flavor that all go in under the hot sauce umbrella. Hot sauce is just a, a generic way of describing what all is available out there. Let, let's touch on Kyle. We, you just brought him in. I won't ask him about what... Uh, uh, His favorite strand is. I won't ask that. But like, wh- what's, what's, in, what's in the nephew Kyle fridge right now in terms of hot sauces? Uh, I'm definitely a flavor guy, uh, unashamed uh, flavor guy. And I love uh, Louisiana hot sauce. So I love the Louis- yeah. Louisiana brand, and I love the, yep. uh, the Crystal. That's what I grew up on. Yes. Uh, Red Hot uh, Frank's, just because I guess you got to have Frank's. Big fan of the chili oil that I've uh, become since uh, I moved out here. So I always keep some chili oil. And then um, I'll buy just those weird ones that like have like obscene names on them when you go into those like hot sauce shacks that like just have like a bunch of different brands. And I don't know, those usually kill me, but I'm pretty much um, just trying to decide if it's a, a Louisiana hot sauce or a chili oil kind of day. Well, and and uh, Tapatio. I got one for you guys, and I, I'm wondering if either one of you bumped into it. It's kind of omnipresent, and and you know, it's uh, it may not be widely known that you can buy the sauce separately. Uh, both of you guys have tried Nando's, Nando's Perry Perry. You know the chicken place I'm talking about, Nando's. No, I know oh. about it. I actually haven't. They, I know they have it in D.C. now, right? That it's kind of got famous and or it was originated in London or England. 
Yes. Yeah. It, it, it's uh, got some African roots, um, but really popular in uh, London. And then it was exported here to the States. I think there is one in New York, uh, maybe more than one. But Nando, there are a handful of, of uh, options here. They make a peri-peri sauce, um, which is, uh, you know, South African. It's it, 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 the, the chain is South African. It's like just like, like grilled chicken. It's, it's um, you know, not Peruvian uh, chicken, but it's in that sort of phylum is the way that I'll say it. Mm. And this is like West African chilies but with like lemon um super flavorful and and they have a whole variety of of hots you know you can get uh mild medium hot extra hot i i I'll just tell you get extra hot it's not that hot um and it's it is a perfect uh on, on a chicken any kind of chicken that you want uh grilled broiled fried spectacular Nando's extra hot. That's my that's my uh my parting shot, my recommendation to you two gentlemen. Yeah. Taken. Well taken. Is there any what's like the most unconventional food that you apply hot sauce to or that people might be surprised by? Is there anything? I you know, I I, I love hot sauce on pizza. I don't think that's like an unknown thing now because I know a lot of folks do like um uh, a lot of condiment application to pizza these days. Um I'm, it's usually strategy wise for me a third slice technique. I like the first <laughs> two slices to be about whatever the pizza is, the toppings. I want to know what the texture is, what the crust is all about. But anything that's got anything that's more um, prominent than a thin crust pizza, anything with any kind of thickness at all to the crust, especially on the on the rear side of, of the slice. I like to start introducing a sauce and that will be just wherever my mood is. It could be a scotch bonnet sauce. It could be off the, the Asian profile. It could be one of these cayenne driven joints. It could be a Mexican joint. That's just where's my head at and how much alcohol have I had? Those, those are the <laughs> real ingredients. That's what drives that, that decision-making. Uh, well, what about you, DK? What do, is there one where that, that would be surprising? People may not expect to hear about hot sauce out of you. Yeah, well, I guess that's the thing. People really do put it on literally everything now, but uh, I've been known to put it on spaghetti, uh, sure. which some people find unusual, I think. Um, I mean, I, to me, spaghetti is basically just, it's noodles, right? And you'd put it on pad thai, right? Or, or right. On, on like other types of noodles, so. I, I See, this is, I love this. This, this is a hack. This is, a, this is a, like a spaghetti and meatballs hack. <laughs> if you want to take your spaghetti and meatballs, this is one... For me, and this is like it fits that that umami vibe that we're talking about. I do sriracha in a spaghetti. I'll make a normal, like, you know, right down the middle, tomato paste, olive oil, salt and pepper, oregano, a tiny bit of water, red pepper flake. Let that mm. come together. That's like the base for, for my kind of a, a tomato sauce. And then... Once it's like all the way sort of barely ready to go to <laughs> sriracha, right, <laughs> right it to the top. And that adds like a complexity to it. And then it, it elevates, it elevates your, your spaghetti and meatball experience. So that that's, I'm, I'm right there with you. I love that you went in that direction. Yeah. Well, Donnie Kwok, it's been too long. Uh, you're always welcome to come on here. Um, will you be rooting for the Nats in the World Series? 100%. I'll be rooting for them. I might even go to a parade or something if they have one, if they win the World Series. But yeah, if they DC win the Pride. World Series, you got to come yeah. down here. Uh, we'll go out somewhere delicious and have a couple hot sauces we, together. We got to go to Nando's. Well, I'll take you to Nando's. How great would that be? <laughs> My man, as always, Daddy Kwok, uh, the East Coast. Bureau Chief, the ringer.com. The Ringer FC, you just did an episode today. What was it about? Was it about um, the, the uh, Rooney's wife? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it was not about Rooney's wife, although I think they did oh. a bigger dish, Ringer Dish or Jam Session about oh, okay. it. okay. It was about okay. the MLS Cup. Are you a DC United fan? Yeah, man. All uh, through and through. I've been to about like six games. My kid loves it. We loved going yeah. to see the, the United. Well, we previewed the MLS Cup playoffs. Uh, DC United's playing this weekend, I think, against Toronto in Toronto. But yeah. MLS Cup coming up. All right. Shout outs to the DC, to the red of the black. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Let's go. All right, Daddy. Thank you, buddy.
All right, my hungry homies, there we go. The hot sauce is in the can, so to speak. Do us this favor at the House of Carbs on the Instagram. Take a picture of your fridge, your hot sauces. I have done this at my house. We're going to throw up on our gram at the House of Carbs my refrigerator, my sauces that are compiled right now. Nice array, nice variety that cover all of the areas that we've discussed on today's show. Hit us up and let us see what you got going. We'll all compare notes and we will all be better for it. We're back next week, my hungry homies. Until then, let's stay hungry out there. <laughs>